Welcome to the Her Define podcast, here to help you define your own means of success. Do you have ambitious career goals but are feeling lost, confused, or even frustrated with where you're currently at? Maybe you have a passion to start your own business but don't know how to achieve it. Hi, I'm Juliana and I've been right where you are at several points in my life. During these times, I've turned to inspiring and ambitious women for guidance to point me in the right direction and lead me to a solution. Each week here on Her to Find, a successful entrepreneurial or businesswoman will share her real life experiences and insights while defining the ways in which she achieved success. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Her to Find. Today, I'm interested to know, what's your relationship to food? Do you love it? Are you indifferent to it? Do you love to cook? Are you that one person that has absolutely no idea what to do in the kitchen? (laughs) Do you love ketchup but hate tomatoes? While food is so great and delicious and helps nourish our bodies, there's a lot of shit out there that is no bueno and can negatively affect and have impact on other issues that you may not have known with your with your own body. For example, last fall I developed a terrible case of hormonal acne. Like it was it was bad. Personally, I didn't want to take hormones or take more hormones to try and fix my already existing hormonal imbalances because I thought it would, in the long run, it was going to do more damage than good. So instead, I tried to go more of a naturopathic way and opted towards looking at what I was eating, my diet, and how that would influence or affect my acne. And I did notice a change, to be honest. I mean, it didn't completely heal my skin, but I did notice that the foods that I had cut out started to help my skin and my acne be less aggressive. My skin cleared up a little bit. I still was getting breakouts, but it wasn't as bad as it was prior. I also found that by making these dietary restrictions, I had more energy. I was sleeping better. I respected and loved my body because I knew what I was putting into it was actually nourishing my body. Of course, though, I don't want to say, oh my gosh, you need to go on all these dietary restrictions. Like everyone needs to do what's best for them. And also with any dietary restrictions, you're bound to hit a wall and, and things are not going to work out as they once did. And that happened for me. I hit a wall. I had cut out a lot of sugar, a lot of carbs. So I was eventually just becoming so hungry for what I used to eat, like bread or like even, you know, the typical junk food. So I was on this mission to find yummy treats, yummy food that I could still have that wasn't going to trigger my acne. And that is how I found Leo and Co Bakery, an inclusive baking company in the GTA area that specializes in delicious, handcrafted, allergen-friendly baked goods and healthier alternatives to traditional pastries and bake shops. Today's guests are Ivana and Antonia Jurek, sisters and founders of Leo & Co. Bakery. Their personal experience with food and how it affected them is what has led them to create this bakery. Growing up, Ivana and Tony were both competitive athletes, which fueled their desire to learn more about how to properly fuel their bodies and keep up with their physical and mental demands that sports had on them. The pair also had a deep love for food and watching their grandma prepare classic Croatian and Italian-inspired desserts. Even as passion for cooking and baking continued to grow exponentially, she started spending countless hours in the kitchen inventing and testing recipes to get them just right. In 2013, Tony developed an autoimmune disorder and became incredibly ill. 
For months, she spent most of her days in bed in pain, unable to eat almost anything. At first, she had to cut gluten out of her diet completely. As time went on, the list of things she was unable to eat grew longer and longer until it felt she almost had no options whatsoever. This was an extremely hard time for her mentally and physically, and Ivana would constantly try to alter her recipes in order to help her sister eat and become healthy again. As time passed, Tony became healthier and continued to further her education in health and wellness and discovered a passion for the food industry and how different foods affect the body, mind, and gut. The pair started creating recipes together and slowly realized that this alternative way of eating was best suited for their needs. They started to wonder how many other people had food allergies, sensitivities, or just wanted to eat healthier without giving up delicious food. The sisters searched everywhere, near and far, and although some places had a couple options that were gluten-sensitive or paleo-inspired, those options still had junk and chemicals in them that they didn't want to feed themselves or their family. There was nowhere people with these allergies could feel completely stress-free about eating. The duo believes that everyone should have delicious food that makes them feel great. They strongly believe in having dessert every day, and that is why their treats are filled with the most nutritious ingredients that they can source. They are continuously trying to make their goods healthier while also keeping the delicious flavors. In this episode, Ivana and Tony talk about their tips and advice for going into business with their sister, why therapy is a must when working in a family business, and how they included local companies in their business plan to ride the challenging and unpredictable wave of COVID-19. So thanks so much for joining me today, Ivana and Tony. How are you guys doing? We're great. We're doing really well. Yeah, Yeah, despite everything that's going on, I think we're, uh, yeah, we're keeping our heads in a good spot. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Awesome. So what does Leo and Co stand for and why is it the name of your company? Um, so it was Leo and Co kind of started, I kind of started it by myself. Tony was in India modeling. Um, so it was kind of originally supposed to just be me um for the company and I'm a Leo, that's my sign. And then it was kind of a play on the word paleo. Um but then Tony joined, she came back from India and then we realized that we wanted to do this together. I couldn't have done it without her. Um, so then we say that she's the co-part of the Leo and Co. <laughs> and I think it just stands for, yeah, inclusive eating is what we're kind mm-hmm. of highlighting and just to have food for almost every dietary uh, restriction out there. You mentioned that your grandma was uh, quite an influence in like cooking and baking and always in the kitchen. What are some of your favorite desserts that your grandma prepared? Um, I would say one, it's like a Croatian pancake kind of thing. It's called Palachinka and she would, it'd be like a crepe and then she'd fill it with like jam and then apricot jam jam, and then she'd roll it up and then bake it and then put like a sour cream sugar kind of mixture on top. And I think that was like, our go-to dessert. We had it for breakfast. Yeah. Which is like, probably not the best, but it was like the best breakfast ever when we went to dessert. Yeah. That sounds super delicious. For those that aren't familiar, can you define some of the specific food sensitivities or allergies Leo and Co. works to serve? So AIP, paleo, celiac, yeah, so we try, so basically all of our things would go under the category of paleo. Um, we don't want to be defined by a food restriction or a food category, but it just so happens that everything we make is paleo because um, we don't need to find sugar, grains, dairy, gluten, 
uh, soy as its preservatives. And then we also have something for almost every dietary restriction. So we have a ton of keto items, vegan items um, for autoimmune protocol as well. So there's mm-hmm. no in, uh, inflammatory ingredients in there. Um, am I missing anything? Diabetic friendly yeah. as well. Um, I think uh, we just say we make like real food, uh, but we we try to put labels on it because I know with our food sensitivities, we won't even look at a product if it doesn't have that label on it. So um, we don't really like putting the labels on it, but we know it's important for people yeah. to trust us and to trust the food we create. So, Tony, can you share more about your experience with your autoimmune disorder and the challenges or restrictions or changes you needed to implement into your diet? Yeah, so that, uh, how long ago is that now? Like probably five, six, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. I was in university um, and obviously I didn't have the best diet in university. I was living off like my uh, my (laughs) money, so I'm just buying pasta and bread every day and eating that. and then I started to develop, like, I was getting really sick every day. I was puking, like, seven times a day. That's, like, a lot of information. Yeah. Um, but, and I just started losing weight. I couldn't get out of bed. Like, I was very, very ill. And then I didn't feel like eating anything. So, obviously, I just kept eating bread and pasta because that was the only thing I could keep down. And then we started, like, I went to so many doctors and hospitals and all of this. And we realized that. I was actually celiac. So every time I kept getting sick, I would eat more bread and pasta to help me out. And it was just making it worse and worse. Um, And then as I started cutting out certain foods and going to more doctors, I realized I was intolerant to a lot more and like allergic to a lot more than just gluten. So right now to this day, I still don't eat like celery, beans, um, Dairy. dairy. I don't eat almond never I can't eat almonds eggs. peanuts <laughs> eggs so there's still so many things that I can't <laughs> eat um and I think it is a really big it was for a while a really big struggle for me because I feel like food is in every part of society like you go out with your friends there's food you go to family members house so um I just had a really hard time feeling okay in those situations and not feeling awkward when someone's like oh one bite won't kill you or you'll be fine or are you on a special diet or are you trying to lose weight uh, so I've I found that really difficult for a while and I feel like just recently now in the last since we've had our bakery probably I've started to feel just more confident in that area like this is just what I eat this is how I eat and it's what makes me feel good so it is what it is, but it was a really big struggle for a while, for sure. I think also like um, your choices, when we first found out she was celiac, they were very limited. So mm-hmm. that realm of food has come a long way where now just because it's, um, or like gluten-free, yeah, it has come a long way in taste and health. Yeah, for sure too. Like I couldn't find anything when it first happened and now at least there's more options. And that's yeah. kind of why we started as well, because we wanted to give people more options of what they can eat. Even uh, you constantly try to alter and try new recipes in order to help out your sister. Tony, what was like that having your sister literally try to cook and bake anything for you to feel better? Um, Honestly, she is always, like, I'm pretty used to it. At this point, <laughs> she's always doing kind things for everyone. And I feel like, mm-hmm. especially me, she really tried to take care of me so um it was really special and actually nice to have a support system because a lot of people 
they are sympathetic, but not empathetic, I guess. And I feel like even though really was very empathetic and she still is. And uh, I'm really lucky to have her because I know some people, I mean, it sounds silly. It's like food. Okay. So what you can't eat this, but it did really affect my life a lot. It's significant. Yeah, it really is. And um, if even though I wasn't here, I feel like I would still be struggling to this day a lot. So it was, oh, it's so nice. It was, well, it was really yeah. special that I have Oh, that's so sweet. Eva, are you a self-taught cook and baker or did you go to school? Um, so I've never been to school for baking. Um, I went to University of Waterloo for social work. Um, so I'm self-taught. And then I had a few bakery jobs that just made me feel more confident and kind of taught me... Um, how to teach myself if that makes sense so but I'm always on like Pinterest YouTube uh, baking I'm watching baking (laughs) shows all the time so it's just like kind of something that we're teaching ourselves as we go what does a typical work day look like for the two of you (laughs) it depends on the day totally but um lately it's been a lot of like 15 17 hour days so even uh, it had broken her foot last August and she still like slowly it was getting worse and worse and she had to almost now she's totally out of the kitchen so our days have completely changed now even as doing the paperwork and all of that side of the business whereas I'm doing all of the baking um which was never like that before yeah, like it wasn't the plan let's yeah, <laughs> just say the last few months and the next upcoming month is a bit different than it's ever been but Usually our days are, it depends how many orders we have, but we're there at like maybe 8, and then sometimes we leave at like 10 p.m., 11 at night when we're done, like baking and packing everything. Uh, We always joke that uh, we should create a TV show of people just coming to do a day in the life in our kitchen because it gets wild sometimes, especially for holidays. We love it so much, but it's just sometimes we're like, oh my God, we just did like 20 hours or we just did like, a hundred orders or something like that so it's really interesting (laughs) damn that is so crazy but does like the time fly when you're there I feel like if you're in the thick of it you don't really realize that 12 hours has just had gone by yeah I I feel like we don't sometimes we don't even realize and now it's like so 12 hours for us I feel like is nothing at this point and it'll be after that 12 13 hour mark where I'm slowly like it's definitely not sustainable we're we're trying to figure out how to not be doing this anymore because we need time to scale the business and do all the other stuff other than just production uh but it definitely it's fun like it's we're working for ourselves we're having a blast we're sometimes we're watching movies while we play um so it's always a good time in the kitchen but I think it's also different because before um Leon Co became what it is now we were working for other people and putting in um like maybe not as much time but we were still putting in a lot of baking time and we just realized like we'd rather do it for us and like do what we want to do so I think that makes it more enjoyable too just knowing that it's our brand and we're doing it for us um and also giving back to other people so it's it's not too bad (laughs) yeah Yeah. what's the process of developing a new recipe testing it out etc what makes it good enough to sell um I would say that new recipes kind of 
start from what we want to eat. So if we're like really feeling like um, like the pop tarts that we have on our website, I remember like us really wanting a pop tart and not being able to find it. So we made a recipe um, and we more look at like traditional recipes and kind of change the ingredients and the processes to fit the paleo lifestyle. Um, and then we just hand it out to friends and family. <laughs> and if they love it and ask for more, then we kind of put it on our menu um, and see what customers think. Yeah. We get a lot of ideas from baking shows as well. Yeah. We, like we watch like Great Canadian Baker or Topped or something. Yeah. Like how can we make this flavor? How can we incorporate this into something? Right. So uh, we get our ideas from everywhere, and it's like a research project. You compile everything, and then you just kind of trial and error and figure it out until it works. How did you continue to work through the pandemic, and what was that experience like? Well, I think literally the first day that we heard something was happening, we pivoted like that moment and we decided to change our business model into a grocery store. So we started actually selling other people's products. Um, we were selling like produce. eggs, coconut yogurt produce, like all sorts of stuff just to first to have a platform where other people can promote their stuff when they might not have a delivery service because um, we did and then just to give people more options and just order all in once <clears> instead <throat> of ordering from like a ton of different stores so that was our first pivot and then it kind of became like too much and we weren't <laughs> a like it was a lot going on we were dealing with so many other people's products plus we have like 50 SKUs on our menu so we stopped doing that after a, probably like four months yeah. I think and then we just really kind of narrowed down our menu and we're trying to do a lot of bake at home stuff now. So slowly we're changing it to fit what's going on with society. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's kind of how we manage that. Yeah, there's been a lot of ups and downs like oh, yeah. for everybody. Um, but it's been, kind of, we feel very blessed that we could stay open because we are seen as essential. So um, I think it was nice at the beginning too, because we got other companies products and it was like, they could stay open through us as well and customers could try it. So it was really like fulfilling at first, even though this chaotic thing was happening at the same time. So I feel like we built so many connections with other businesses just from doing that or I'm seeing a lot of like collaborating with everyone. And I don't know, I feel like people have gotten so close and even we've gone so close with our customers because we appreciate them so much more to support us through this and then I think it's vice versa like they are so happy that we're staying open or like going above and beyond to get mm -hmm. them stuff that they can eat. You're currently working out from a commercial kitchen when did you realize that you needed a larger working facility what was the process like of securing a commercial kitchen? honestly think we realized right off the bat we needed a bigger space so we were renting how big was it, like it was three, like 250 300 square feet yeah uh, so it was like tiny kitchen we had two um house fridges that were ours like not even commercial fridges and I think we realized we needed a bigger space but we didn't I think we were kind of scared to do get a bigger space because yeah, it, it means commitment yeah more responsibility more rent more just things to do um and then I think we actually got a bigger space because the kitchen we were renting from was moving. So it kind of pushed us out the door and we were like, what are we going to do? And then it's like, no, we have to do this in order to step up our game and be able to fulfill the orders that we were getting. So yeah, it was it was kind of a nudge. Yeah, but it was also very serendipitous because we met somebody who had tried our product and then uh, they had reached out to us like months before that. And we're like, oh, I have a space if you're ever looking to expand. And we were like, sure, sure. 
And then when it finally happened, we're like, oh my God, we don't have a space. Reach out to that guy again. And then they had a space available for us. And we saw and we're like, okay, this is our space now. Yeah. So it really, it worked out really well for us. Um, but it was I don't know. It wasn't too much of a struggle to find at all. No, it's weird in our business. We always talk about it, but things kind of happen exactly when they're supposed to happen. So like for our kitchen, we didn't really have to look for many kitchens. We just saw this one because a guy recommended it. And then we were like, it's the perfect fit. So it's just things kind of happen. Before that as well, we were looking at actual storefronts and bakery storefronts. And this is just before the pandemic. And we had secured one that we were for sure going to get and it was a giant storefront and it was super expensive and if and in the end the guy just stopped like we had secured it we were about to sign papers and the guy just fell off the face of the earth and stopped responding to our messages and we were what in like months later we were like thank god because we would have had this giant storefront this huge expense and nobody would have been able to actually enjoy that so it just all worked out really well for Mm -hmm. us so share your experience and how you were able to secure other retailers to sell your treats. Again, everything happens very serendipitous for us. Is that a word? Is that yeah. the right word that I'm going to I think so. Because um, <laughs> um, I feel like every time we try to force something or force a partnership, it's never worked out. Most of the people that we are retailing to, it just kind of happened where somebody that was in the buyer team tried it with their family and then they had recommended us to the buyer and the buyer reached out to us so it was really every time we try to force something it really doesn't work and then every time we kind of just leave it and we're not really searching for any of these buyers they come to us and they're like we love your products we want to sell it so it hasn't really been a struggle to do that it's more Mm -hmm. of a struggle when we actually like are trying super hard and forcing things between fulfilling mass amounts of orders, scheduling deliveries, social media content, and stocking your current retailers, how do you manage it all? What has helped you ensure everything runs smoothly? Uh, <laughs> things don't really get smoothly ever. Like, I wish that they did. Yeah. Um, I honestly think having my sister as my partner has allowed us to do the things we're doing because I don't think I could do this business with anybody else, and we have complete trust with each other at the end of the day but we can also yell at each other at the end of the day and be completely open and honest and like just ourselves um but yeah things don't really run smoothly we kind of just deal with things as they come yeah Um, I talk to a lot of business owners too and I what the ones I've talked to have said kind of the same thing like it isn't a smooth journey there's always going to be every day something unexpected that happens or someone's going to be unhappy with something, you know? So I think it's more about just rolling with the punches. Uh, And we also kind of have a community of business owners that we know that we can rely on if we have questions. So they've helped with a lot of bumps in the road for us, I would say. And I also think that things run, like run smoothly, quote unquote, in the business when we're taking care of ourselves outside the business. So when I know that if I worked out a lot this week, if I was eating really well, if, you know, taking care of my mental health, my social life, all of these things, the business is going to feel better. And I feel like run a bit better just because we, or at least it's not going to, when it's some, the business punches me in the face, it's not going to hurt as much because I'm taking care of everything else, you know? So I think it that piece is really important for the business side. What is your advice to listeners who are thinking of getting into business with their sister? Don't do it. 
working with family is tricky. I would say um, there's pros and cons, but I wouldn't want to do it with anybody else other than yeah, my sister. I agree. I would. My advice would be go to therapy. Yeah. Because first you're bringing in all of this shit from your family life, you know, and then you have this whole other piece of you're spending all this time with your business partner. And then it's like, how do you divide the business from the family mm-hmm that like the shit that you're dealing with that you've maybe never dealt with. Right. So it's like, how do we do this in the most like enlightening way and the best way for both of us? So I would step like, right. We just started actually going to therapy because we just found that we were bringing stuff in from our family life. That wasn't, had nothing to do with the business and we weren't. um, And like, if we didn't go, I think that it just wouldn't work out. So that would be my biggest advice is go to therapy person. You're going to spend more time with them than you're, boyfriend you're like whoever you're with like they're with you all the time right yeah so definitely you gotta um make sure you can spend 24 7 with them because especially during this pandemic like me and tony live together we work together we we can't go see anybody so yeah yeah so we literally spend 24 7 unless one of us goes for a walk or something like that so you have to really decide if you want to see their face every single day that's definitely fair now Tony when you say go to therapy do you guys go together or you do separately and then come back together we go together I would say I'm sure both would be beneficial because Mm -hmm. the more you know yourself and how you communicate and how you argue and all that stuff you're going to bring that to the table as well so but if one person is doing that and the other person is like fighting in a bad way or you know doesn't know themselves it's not I don't think it's going to work out either but we go together but I think going separately would be just as helpful probably Mm -hmm. yeah I love that that's I feel like that's such a modern but like refreshing take for business partners but I'm a strong advocate for therapy (laughs) so I I really like that I think Mm -hmm. everyone should go to therapy for sure yeah (laughs) Yes, literally. If anyone can take anything away from this episode, it's go to therapy. Yeah. How do you two define success? What's your definition of success? When it comes to me, my one of my biggest values is freedom. So I think that when I truly feel free that I can do whatever I feel like, or I have the freedom to move or you know whatever freedom means to you for me that is my ultimate idea of success um and then I also have a few things that I see for my future that I'm working towards so that's like my ultimate idea of success but that's my personal one but I for me it's definitely to have freedom to do whatever I please I definitely agree that's one of my top ones too but I would say that I feel most successful when I'm giving back to people um and that's in terms of like services or the food or um, cooking for people and all that. So I definitely that's when I feel most successful. Um, and then again, freedom. So creating a life that I want to live. Um, or when a, when a customer messages us and oh, says yeah. something like, hey, I haven't been able to eat my or made my own birthday cake for the last five years because I haven't found anything that I've been able to eat. And now I finally had something of yours and it was amazing blah blah blah. that is to me is like a glimmer of success I'm like so happy in that moment I feel so overjoyed because some like we really spend so much time on all of our treats we put we sing to them them, and when somebody actually appreciates that or like feels that same love it just 
I'm like, that's exactly what it was meant to do. So yeah, that is definitely an image of success. Yeah. You two strongly believe in having dessert every day. Tony, I think you said <laughs> you've eaten several um, treats or desserts. <laughs> yeah, like more than once a day. Yeah. What is your yeah. number one favorite Leo and Co. treat? Um, okay, I have a few. <laughs> it's I'm, difficult. Right now I'm really loving our wagon meals. So it's just like two vanilla cookies and then our homemade marshmallow inside and then a raspberry jam and then it's fully covered in chocolate. So I personally love that and then what what I think one of our best items is would be our vanilla cake yeah I think it would have like it's I just love it yeah I think my favorite right now would be our vanilla short or strawberry shortcake um so I like fruit in my dessert so there's our strawberry preserves in that dessert which really is great but yeah hits the spot for me I think that's my favorite right now (laughs) Yum. Those, that all sounds like really, really good. (laughs) What are you most excited about right now? What are some big projects you're currently working on? We have, um, right now we're working on items to be packaged. So, uh, we're figuring out the details of that, but that is like a really exciting feat for us because, um, that's not something that we've done before and we're trying to do it in a sustainable, responsible way. So it's been pretty difficult to get that up and going, but we have a lot of ideas. Yeah. So I think we have a ton of ideas for the future that we're just really excited about. Well, I think for me personally, um, I'm getting foot surgery this week and it's been a long time coming because I've had a broken foot since August. So I think I'm looking forward to that because that means I will get back in the kitchen soon. So you can bake again, and I can yeah. get out of the kitchen for a little while. Yeah. So how long then does it take to recover from foot surgery? Yeah, so it's six weeks. Um, but I've really ne- they've never given me a timeline since I broke my foot. So this six week has like like took a the all the weight off my shoulders basically because now I know like okay we're working with time here I have a day and we're all good oh, now right, the the yeah there's yeah. like a light because it's been this has created a lot of issues or brought up a lot of issues for us uh, that we had to deal with yeah that's so exciting because now you have a specific date and you're like okay once that date comes I'm back in the kitchen <laughs> things will level out a bit definitely <laughs> go back to normal yes Whatever normal is. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Her Define podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I want your feedback. Do you have any successful entrepreneurial or businesswoman in your life who should be featured on an episode of Her Defined? If so, send me a DM on Instagram at Her Defined Podcast or by email at herdefinedpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode has been produced and edited by yours truly, Juliana Dalacosta. Be sure to check back next Tuesday for another episode to hear her stories, hear her advice, hear her defined. <laughs>